Wrexham Law to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast sponsored by The Fat Boar. Today we have some very special guests joining us, none other than the club's co-chairman, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, gentlemen, welcome, Croissant. Hello, nice Thank to be you. here. Thank How you very you? much. First of all, um, it's been... A few weeks now since the end of a really remarkable season. We saw how much it took it out of you at the end of that Boreham Wood game. Have you recovered yet physically uh, and emotionally? I don't know that I'll be recovering emotionally um, until my late 70s. I will say um, I will say physically, I, I feel much better. Yes. Less stressed. What about you, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I don't know. I feel like it's a, I, I, it, it might be some indication of a character flaw or maybe a positive trait. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, the, the, it was, it was probably the most exciting moment of my entire life outside the, the birth of my own children, maybe. Uh, and I, but I also just almost the next day was so excited to dig in to what's next for the club, um, which I, I, Am, am both proud to say and also, you know, deeply regretful to say because I should probably spend more time enjoying that moment, which I did. But I'm just so excited to keep to to repeat that feeling uh, as much as possible and just just grow, grow, grow uh, as big as we can possibly get, and you know, and continue to deliver for for the town. Well, yeah, your big ambitions. I've, I've, for I've thought about that. Qu- oh, sorry, I've thought about that quite a bit, Ryan. Just what you just said, um, because it's easy to get locked into this uh, misconception that it's all about those moments because those moments are so few and far between and they come and they go so quickly um, that you, you really have to recognize that for us to, for, for all of us to enjoy this, we have to enjoy the process all the way through because still at the end of it, you're just left with a win or a loss, but there's a finality to it um, that, that doesn't really end anything. It just can, everything else just continues on after that. So uh, I think that for me, that moment was a culmination of two years of work, but to Ryan's point, I still woke up the next day and we, we got on a text chain and we were talking about, okay, now what do we do? What's next? Um, Rob, just coming in on that, you famously once said um, we need movie star money for this to work. Do you think there'll ever be, a time where you know as you're going up the leads you might need you might need another investor as well is that something you're sort of thinking about maybe maybe down the line well we've definitely been talking i mean from the very beginning about what our short-term strategy is and what our long-term strategy is because we've always said from day one we want to make sure we're building a sustainable business and you know it's interesting to hear and read some of the reports that have come out just about what our spending is um and it's just fascinating the way people look at it. I and mean, we look at the entire club as a, as a massive investment and an investment in the club investment in the town and an investment in the future. Um, and neither one of us wants to put ourselves or the club in a position where anyone, uh, including us are just writing checks to keep the, 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 the business of the club afloat. So everything that we've done from the very beginning is to ensure that no matter who comes in and hopefully it's us for the rest of our lives, um, that we we are building a sustainable business. So whatever that might mean in the future, uh, who's to say? Yeah, I, I, just to just to jump on that as well. It's it's I think it's just a making sure that no matter what we do as stewards of this club, that we 
are avoiding stasis or backtracking at all costs. You know, I mean, that, that, that can sometimes happen, you know, at least that's from something that I've observed with other clubs that, you know, you can get in this cycle where you're just kind of keeping your head above water. So we always want to be on that inexorable march forward, uh, not just as a club, but as a community. And, um, you know, Rob and I, love Wrexham uh, about as much as two human beings could love, I think, anything on this great green spinning shit wheel of a planet. And we will do anything and everything uh, in our power to make sure that we're advancing the interests of not just the club, but the community and, um, you know, and just avoiding that, you know, that spinning our wheels in place thing that can happen sometimes. Lads, I absolutely love the bromance because it sort of gives all men in their 40s like a chance that you can meet your new pals even <laughs> at our advancing age. But have you ever disagreed about anything? And how did you resolve it if you have? Yes, we, we disagree. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think that's a that's a sign of a healthy and robust and honest relationship. Um, yeah. we, we just we, we don't ever find ourselves in situations where we're arguing uh, over, which can happen in any creative or business relationship, when you're no longer talking about, or romantic relationship for that matter, you're no longer talking about the thing that you were disagreeing about. You're now arguing about the 10 other things that you didn't um, come to some kind of uh, collaboration on or some agreement on. And so we never really let those kinds of things fester. We just, if we ever have a disagreement, um, it's if we approach it, out of mutual love and respect for each other and recognize that we just want what's best for the club. And then we manage it that way. I, I would also say that that's a huge reason that we've managed to do this well so far is that we've both resolved conflict in a similar way. You know, I think we approach things, you know, you can, you, as you get older too, you learn how to resolve conflict that, that is in a, in a way that is much more manageable. I mean, I think both Rob and I would much rather, um, you know, if you look at any situation, you're like, would, would I, would I rather win here or would I, would I rather learn something here? And I think we both kind of approach each of those, each, each of us approach situations in that same way. We, we would much rather learn than win an argument or something like that. I mean, we're pretty good at, I think, hearing each other out and understanding each other's perspectives and point of view, because we both bring a kind of a different sensibility to this. And I, I think that's it, it, both of those sensibilities, I think are very complementary to to the process. And I'm really, I know how lucky I am to get to, not just to work with Rob uh, day in and day out, but to, to build something with him and to call him one of my closest friends in the, on, in, in the whole world. And I, I'm, I'm really, really lucky. And I genuinely see how rare that is, particularly from two people born of, you know, that insipid cesspool of show business. Um, it doesn't happen very often. So I know how lucky we are. Gentlemen, what's the worst or the, or the best piece of advice you've been given since you've been co-chairman best if, if you can think of anything if you can think of anything worse please do but best piece of advice you've been given so far um i, I the people that i that i um when we first went down this road the people that i really reached out to and asked um their advice were professional athletes uh, ex-professional athletes who were friends or friends of friends and i asked them um if we should develop personal relationships with the players or if we should keep them sort of at arm's length. And I was, I was asking um, because I was curious, but also because I wanted to make sure I was building the right type of relationship moving forward um, and being as respectful as possible as I could to the people, the locker room, to the management team um, and to the executive board. 
And to a person, everybody said yes. And to me, that is just an extension of the way that both Ryan and I have approached everything and kind of approach everything in our lives, which is, listen, you, you, can't, you can't really understand what someone's going through uh, if you assume to know what's happening from afar. You have to ask them. So from the beginning, we asked the town, we asked the community, we asked the staff, and all the way through, we asked Phil and the, the management team. And then we ask the players, what is, it, what, is, what is it that you need? What kind of experience and what kind of culture um, or are we doing a good enough job? Where can we help you? Um, what can we do to, to make this a, a better process for you? And it hasn't burned us once. And all it does is um, it further increase our ability to turn around and then give them what they need. Yeah, I, I would just briefly second that. I said, you know, I think showing up and being unafraid to say, I don't know, because we don't know anything about, you know, this this world. Uh, we, we're here to learn and listen and then, you know, hopefully uh, uh, allow, uh, Rex, ask Wrexham to allow us to tell that story, tell their story. And um, you don't, you can't tell that story if you're, if you're coming in with your own agenda and your own idea of what it is, you have to listen and sit back. But I'm I, just further to, to Rob's point though, I'm the thing I'm probably most proud about, about the culture around uh, the club is I think we have the best locker room in all of sports. I really do. I think that that, that dressing room is filled with people who, who have, who, whose integrity matches uh, their abilities on the field and, and who are genuinely have that three musketeers all for one and one for all uh, sentiment, which I know has been abused in sports for so many years, but I really see it uh, practice day in and day out with these, uh, these players, the staff, everybody, the grounds crew at the race course uh, and the supporters even it's been, you know, all of that contributes to how great that and healthy that locker room is. Yeah. Well, it was it, amazing to spend so much time in Vegas with them because that's probably the, the longest period of time that I've spent on just a, a personal relationship with the guys um, and having so much opportunity to speak with them. And I mean, almost to a person, I can't believe how many times I heard this over and over and over again from the individual players that we were building something very special that you don't see in other clubs across the leagues um and i and and that people want to play for this club and they all talk all the players talk uh across the leagues and they see what's going on in wrexham and they want to come play for phil they want to come play uh at wrexham not just because of the fame of the documentary or because we're on espn or because you know ryan's tweeting about them it's it's because there's a camaraderie that's being built and a culture that's being built and I find it so fascinating that, and I kept saying this over and over and over again, it's just a reflection of you guys because that's where it starts. The catalyst is us asking, what is it that you want to build? And then we're just facilitators of that. So it's not that Ryan and I have set the culture or built something. It's that we've asked people, we listen to the town, we listen to the administrators of the club, we listen to the manager, we listen to the players, and then we just facilitate that. By the way, you guys are a massive extension of that. I, I've listened to every one of the podcasts. And most of the time I'm listening, not because I want to hear the skinny on what's going on at the club. I know what's going on at the club. It's because I want to hear how you guys feel about what's going on at the club, because you're the beating heart of this. It doesn't work without you. It doesn't work without the community. And you guys are a, a mouthpiece for the community. So all about listening. Thank you. Um You've done such a fabulous job in your stewardship so far. In ref on reflection, is there anything looking back that you think 
you may have done differently or you, know, you might have tweaked in a different way. Is there anything that you think that is there's just something niggling maybe that oh, maybe we could have done that slightly differently? My God, that's a, you know, you have those feelings about everything you do every day, but I, I, all roads lead to here, you know? I mean, I could, I could think of, I could give you countless examples of where I've made mistakes in my personal life, in show business and all those things. And I'm so grateful for all those mistakes because I was given an opportunity to, you know, learn from them and grow from them. I mean, that's like mistakes are just, you know, fertilizer. So I, I don't know. <laughs> like I think about the, the club and any mistakes. I mean, usually I kind of disregard it pretty quickly because I've already used it and internalized it as a, a learning experience. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone could be flawless at anything in, in life. You gotta, you gotta be willing to suck at something before you can be really great at it. If I could go back in time and change one thing about my professional career, it would have been from day one, just shortening my last name to Mac. So if my name <laughs> was just Rob Mac, it would just be so much easier for everybody to know how to pronounce it. But then if I did that, I wouldn't have at 46 20 years into my professional career. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to experience those three minutes of a song that one of my best friends wrote explaining to the world how to pronounce <laughs> my name that that he must have spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on <laughs> and months and months writing and singing and dancing. So have things without, improved since the song? Has, has the ratio of correctly yes. pronounced name gone up? If I needed more evidence to understand the reach of Ryan Reynolds, um, this, uh, I got it. I got it just from that, from that video. I, I swear, truly, I walk around and people will look at me and they'll say, McElhenney. Hey, Rob, McElhenney and wink. Like, <laughs> wow. Hey, look, you got so, your, so your name is in, your, your name is in the Declan Swan song. I mean, that's, that's all. I'm just the Deadpool. All right. I mean, there is a brief mention at the end. I'll give you that. But for the most part, I'm just the Deadpool. Might need a song for um, Humphrey next so people can stop calling him Kerr instead of Car. Car, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that might be the yeah. next one. Exactly. I've um, been quoted as saying, you know, that you've fallen in love with the area. You miss it when you go away. Have you both got plans to put um, roots down locally at all? I mean, I, my, I've got four kids here in New York. I uh, there was a, there was an article that said I bought a home. That's fair, yeah. read, but that, that's yeah. not uh, that was not accurate at all. Um, look, we lo we love it. You know, it's just it's it's to to move uh, entire families over over there would be uh, I don't know that would be a a, a real uh, act of of superior third degree black belt manipulation <laughs> on my part. I don't know. I don't know that I could pull that. I could pull off a lot of things, but I don't know if I could pull that off. Um, but both my wife and I love coming over, though. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we also love going to California, but we don't live there. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe one day. Who knows? Yeah, um, I, I've, I, I've taken nine. <laughs> I looked at my calendar, um, and since December, I took nine trips to the UK. Nine trips, to, nine since trips, December. Eight, eight trips, God. eight trips to Wales and nine and nine to the UK uh, since December. So uh, at a certain point, it just doesn't it's just not economically responsible for me to be <laughs> making those trips over and over again. So my kids are a little older, so I might force their hand. We'll see. Yeah. What's the um, what's the most interesting thing that either of you have learned about Wrexham, either as a place or a football club since you got involved? 
Mm. That's a good question. I think it's how aesthetically beautiful the town is. Um, I just, keeping in mind that we, it was months before we, from the time we um, took stewardship of the club to till when we actually were able to come because of lockdown. So we would see photos um, and a little bit of grainy video or we would talk to people and we kept hearing a lot of the same words over and over again from the people of the town. Um, all of which were true, uh, hardworking, blue collar, salt of the earth. And, um, and so that creates a vision in your head of something um, that was a little bit more cold and hard. And then you come and visit the town and it's aesthetically so beautiful. And maybe, maybe again, that's a projection of my version of what, when I hear those words as they are used to describe American towns, Oftentimes you go into those towns and you, and you see something that's um, not representative of, uh, of the beauty of, of Wales. And so to come in and see just how beautiful, like stunningly beautiful every, everything was, 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 was a delightful surprise for me. For, for me, it's probably how impossibly kind uh, the, the, the town is. I mean, people that have that come from other countries, from America, from Canada, from other parts of Europe. It, it's amazing to me to hear so many stories of, of locals just offering people a ride to the airport or a ride to, you know, to their hotel and, and, and that, that kind of thing that I've had friends that have come there from, uh, from Canada and from the States who have never once mentioned that we were friends and they were just completely blown away. People in Wrexham would give them the shirt off their back if they, if they needed it in that moment. And you can't fake that, you know, you really can't fake that. And I, um, that's the thing that I, I think I've been most impressed with as somebody who grew up uh, Canadian and, and, you know, there's a real kinship there that I feel between Wrexham and Canada in that sense. We both, you know, we both have much louder, bigger attention hogging neighbors. Uh, you guys have England, you know, we have the United States. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I think that, that, that creates a kind of camaraderie, uh, and, and a kind of identity, uh, within the country that, you know, you just, you can't replicate, you know, it's just really special. And I see it in Wrexham and, and certainly in Wales. That's great. Gents, we do a quick fire round in this podcast. Would you indulge us if we're really quick? Uh, first thing that comes into your yeah. head, um, out of everyone at the club, uh, who loves the camera the most? Who's been really enjoying the limelight? Ollie Palmer, by far, not even close. Every um, time, every time, every time we've come as a family and stuff, I've like we'll walk down to the locker room, and Ollie will Ollie's the first guy that walks out of that dressing room completely shirtless to uh, to have a conversation with my wife. Always <laughs> <laughs> like Ollie, put a fucking shirt on and come back out like a gentleman. <laughs> Best. No, he he is beloved. Ollie is one of the best guys we know. Genuinely, one of the best. Just he's also one of the funniest guys I know, and I'm also really thrilled for him and his his, his clothing brand Rex. It's just been great. Um, nice to see him soar like that. Um, next up, what was your one favorite moment of the season, Rob? Do you want to go first? That is so unfair. That <laughs> yeah. is so unfair. I know. No time. Um, Favorite moment of the season. Wow. Um, okay. If, I, if I'm being dead honest, my favorite moment of the season was Rosie Hughes scoring that goal um, at the end of that game. I think having followed that 
part of the organization um, for the last year and following Rosie's story very specifically um, and how, how cathartic that was for all of the women and, and what a dream come true for so many of them who are used to playing in front of at the most four or 500, 600 people to be able to play for, for 10,000 strong. Um, for me, it wasn't just a celebration of the women. It was also a celebration of the town itself and kind of emblematic of exactly what we were hoping would happen with, with, with this town. Um, the way that they've galvanized around the entire organization and, and that you all show up for each other. So we weren't sure that when we opened up ticket sales for that game, that it would have as much interest as, uh, as a men's game. And, and it was because the community rallied around the club and each other and said, let's, let's show up for, for the people of this town. And there was just something really, I'm, I get goosebumps when I think about it right now. It's not just about the win because the win didn't really even matter. They had already won the league. It was just that moment um, of 10,000 people showing up for another member of the community that I just found beautiful. For me, I, well, I mean, you know, Paul Mullen wants to be the male Rosie Hughes. Uh, you know, one of my favorite moments is that everyone signed, signed his, uh, one of his hat trick balls. And I think it was Jordan Davis who wrote, Rosie would have got four, uh, which I just thought was great. Um, <laughs> And, you know, but for, I, I gotta say for me, the most, it's pretty hard to top the feeling, you know, when Ben Foster saved that goal, you know, I think it was Sedwin Scott, I think for Knotts, is that his name? I think, um, and that, you know, it's just that, that kind of storytelling. And I saw something on, on social media of Ben explaining his perfect moment. And it was a year before, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. It was going around for a while. He was explaining his perfect moment as a goalkeeper in, in, in professional football. And he basically described that moment and he'd never had that moment before he described, you know, last minute of the game, probably the last play of the game. It's all on the line. You're playing another top four side. You're, you know, uh, you know, this guy's going to put it through the, you know, through the back of the net, you know, 10 times out of 10. And then he goes, but not today, not today. And he described it. He called a shot, which was sort of a bit like if you follow any American sports, Babe Ruth calling a shot in Yankee Stadium. I mean, it's just one of those moments that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And, um, you know, I, that was for me, I don't, I don't know that I've ever felt a, 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 a anything that felt as good as the legal drug of, Ben Foster saving that goal against Knotts County. Um, and then that guy, Sedman Scott, getting the winning goal and penalty shootouts uh, to go up. I mean, that's storytelling at its, at its finest, if you ask me. So, who is, the, uh, who is the worst dressed in Vegas? I imagine Rob can only really answer this unless Ryan's seen the pictures. I only got the late night FaceTimes. <laughs> definitely me. Definitely, <laughs> Rob. If you ask me, based on based on the pictures I saw, Rob, it didn't look like anyone was dressed <laughs> in Vegas. Uh, so yeah, oh, they're, they're, well, and also they just did not want to wear sunscreen. And, and this is no, <laughs> uh, this is a problem with with young people in general, but especially young male athletes who uh, who just think they're indestructible, and they're not. The sun will always win. Just a, a lesson to everybody out there: if it's you versus the sun, the sun will win. Especially yeah. if you're from Northern Europe, which uh, the vast majority <laughs> of the guys are. So we made sure that they that they were fully sunscreened. The sun and gravity, they are uh, they have a hundred percent win average. Yep. 
Who would you guys least like to fight? Least, um, Luke Young. Really? Yeah. I believe Luke Young has something within him that would terrify us all. If we're ever in a war, I'll be right behind him every step of the way. (laughs) But there is something about Paul that physically, I mean, most of the guys are larger than me, but, but very few of them are around my size or smaller. But when you, and I look at Paul and I'm like, okay, I could probably take this guy 20 years ago, but I look into his eyes and there's something there that's like a, like a a bird of prey or a hawk or an eagle that's just looking to, to tear things apart. And I actually believe that that is what separates Paul from everybody else um, uh, in the league, in, in a few leagues. He, he is immensely gifted, uh, hard worker, but he's got whatever that, whatever that killer instinct is, he's got it. And I don't want any part yeah, of it. Paul, Paul, Paul has that, that thing too, that I think separates, you know, just like mortals with superhumans, which is that he, he kind of, he has the, the, the head for that last minute game winning clutch kind of player, you know, that, that you just, because you see lots of guys that score lots of goals, but they just don't show up when it matters. You know, Paul's the guy that you want out there. Paul's the guy that you want to control that ball in the last seconds, the dying seconds of any match. So I, I, you always see that. I, I, it's funny you said a bird of prey. I always think of him as a shark when he's out there. Yeah. It's like he's he's just looking for chum, you know? It's like this wild thing to see him come out of the the dressing room after, you know, after halftime, especially if, we, if we're down a goal or something and he just looks looks fucking angry and it's it really is i think his his engine well, he's a wrexham legend um we'll try and fire through these i'm conscious of time remember they're quick fire loving the answers Sorry. though that's Sorry. fine yeah. no loving it um rob you've just been to vegas who's the unluckiest player at the club <laughs> i did not gamble with any of the gentlemen i'm just going to be straight up <laughs> with you i whenever okay. they went into the casino mom and dad took their leave wasn't it Max Clayworth who wasn't old enough to actually enjoy anything in Vegas? <laughs> that Max is the most is the most unlucky. And uh, to their credit, <laughs> he, 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 every once in a while, I mean, he would not be allowed in certain places, and guys would stay out with him, and they would find other things to do. He entered right. He entered Vegas a boy, but left a man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next one. Uh, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a Wrexham fan? And if it's me, you don't have to answer. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call this well i would call this weird in the best of in the best of ways but from from that parade route um top of that bus and it, it was kind of amazing because it was a sea of what forty thousand people but throughout that we would we were moving so slowly that you were able to make direct connections with people so there was a moment um where i reached out where i just looked out and saw tim um and I, tim were you were you with your father as well i was yeah yeah yeah, so to see you and your dad out there, and, and I had met you uh, guys a few times before, but I met your father before in the in the turf, and like it just um, those kinds of connections that we could make throughout throughout that experience, where everybody who has been a part of this journey was all in one place along a three mile parade route, and to have those individual interactions with them, if only for a brief second, was really special. I, and I haven't had any weird ex- experiences. I, I maybe I'm biased, but everybody in Rexman is beyond reproach. <laughs> uh, you guys might have a different answer for that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, obviously, Kings of Leon playing the race course soon. What bands would you like to see that's high on your playlist that you would like to see there in future? Taylor Swift. Taylor. Taylor Swift, yeah. Beyonce. I think we're going to need a few more, 19, a few more seats, Rob. We're picking people that, that play state. These are these, these, they play the biggest of the big stadiums. We got to, we had, yeah, I don't, I, I guess, I don't know. I'd, there's, there's, I would love any to see any band that I, you know, either ones I grew up listening to or ones that I've found as, a, as an adult. I just, what a, what a venue the race course is, you know? I love that that's happening now. I love that Kings of Leon are playing. That's a huge act. And, uh, and, and here they are. We are so excited uh, to, to host them for not one, but two nights. What, is it, what are the dates, Rob? May 28, 29? Yeah. 27, 28? 27, 28. 27, 28, yes. Yeah, can't yes. wait. And I, I know that that Saturday is sold out, but I don't know if the, um, the 28th is sold out yet. So there's still, still tickets available. I think there's tonight. still some tickets for the Sunday show. Yeah. Buy them, people. Buy them. Yeah. Um, gents, thank you so much. B- before you go, I really, really wanted to ask you, uh, you know, there are people who say you'll get bored soon when Wrexham have a bad season and uh, it'll all end in tears. I'm sure you sometimes see these comments. What would you say to those critics if you had a chance to speak to them directly? I would say that we're both relationship guys. I think that's pretty evident throughout our life. Uh, yeah, we, 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 find the one we love and we stick with it. Um, so I don't know. I, don't, I it's, I, I get, I get that that's kind of a, I find that to be a bit of a lazy sort of uh, position to take. Maybe it's valid. Maybe they've had, exp- I don't know, but uh, I don't, I don't think there's any, I, I, you have to look at what's happened and you have to understand like this is sports where anything can happen. I mean, it's just, that's, you know, that's just the name of the game. So yeah, there's, there's, we, we don't, we, we don't pretend that it's just salad days ahead. This is a, you know, we're, this is a, this is a journey. You, the, the great moments that we've had so far do not exist without the bat. You know, it's just, that's just football, right? It's a heartbreaking shitstorm of a sport and we're all addicted to it now. And at least I am now. Um, and you know, you, you have to have both. So I don't know, Rob might have a different perspective, but I, that's, that's my I just kind of find it fascinating that people assume that this could ever be boring in any way, stretch of the imagination. I I could use lots of words to describe it. Boring would never be that. The the things that we've done and felt over the last two and a half years just don't exist in our world or any world that I can, uh, that I can think of. So uh, certainly getting bored would never be on the list of things that would, would happen. But I also, I just think about any cynicism or criticism that we might not, that we may, might get that is just simply by nature, not creative in any way um, or, uh, or helpful in any way is generally just a reflection of how someone is feeling about themselves and something that they may have gone through in their life. Um, and so you know, if, if people have opinions, which they're <clears throat> very much entitled to have, they can keep them to, to themselves or they can put them out into the world, but it's got no bearing on the way that I look at things. Great answer. Um, 
gents we're so thank you so much for being so generous with your time um we really appreciate it and your continued support for all the podcasts thank you very much well we're so yeah. so happy to join you guys on, on fearless and devotion thank you for for having us we really really appreciate it thank you guys thank you guys, thank you guys. all right awesome oh that was great thank you very much to uh ryan and rob uh thoughts gents wow um just <laughs> I didn't realize we'd get so much time, but they would, they just, I think they just loved talking about Wrexham and, you know, it, once they got into the groove and they were started doing that sort of thing where, where Ryan comes in on and, and backs Rob up and vice versa, it, they just, I, I think you can just tell how much they, they enjoy doing this and, you know, they enjoy talking about the club and the town. Men of the people, aren't they? I mean, any other chairman or any other sports institution in the world would probably pay you a bit bit of lip service but everything they say is just so contrite and genuine and humbling and it wasn't you know, it was a couple of minutes in and they made us all feel like oh yeah we haven't seen you for a while how are you it's like okay and it's so nice and so reassuring that you know, they have that warmth and and humility to do to do that so yeah it was an absolute privilege and a, and a pleasure one good thing, uh, I've really got a lot of close-ups of Liam's fun. Like, literally, it was like, if there's a 3D version of this. <laughs> I, I, I was reckoning it because I am in a little bar in Tenby on a caravan holiday. And for the past hour and a half or so, I've just been bricking about being able to make it on. Uh, but no, it was worth it. You missed before when a dog took a table uh, for a trip. Just, just in here, but that was an absolute privilege, though. Um, two amazing, humble blokes. All journalistic habits die hard, and I did want a bit of an exclusive. And we got that Ryan has not bought a house in Wrexham, so all of you news organisations, you got it wrong. Did the Daily Star run it, Andy? No, because... Oh, actually, I might have to check that. I mean, I told them not to do it, but that doesn't mean that they bloody listen to me. <laughs> no, I, I did sort of say I, I don't think I don't think this is right. I think what we did run uh, is we did a feature that someone went out there. If Ryan did move to Marford, these are the people he would meet, and I don't think that's as strong as us saying he's moving to Marford. Um, Very but, responsible. Ah, uh, that's you know it's it's responsible journalism, uh, Ipso. <laughs> Yeah, super. And I mean, uh, it loved the quick fire wasn't a quick fire because they're, they're so generous. Not with their the for that. Um, medium fire. Yeah, but but great answers though. And uh, loved the bit about uh, Ollie Palmer. So um, it seems <laughs> like Ollie Palmer's gunning for Blake Lively by the sounds of it. Yep. And Taylor Swift's coming to the Kairos. Winner. Yeah, it's happening. So that, that that's quite clearly happening. Um, I mean, yeah, that was great and a real um, pleasure to speak to them. Uh, any other thoughts before we go on to the retained list? I like the Ryan Salmon pink shirt, but I'd never get away wearing it because I just don't have those guns yet. Yes. Well, they're, they're, those guys in their late 40s are proof, you know, that you can... Uh, what well, we didn't mention, I don't know if it came through, but we, we all thought that Rob was in the best shape in Vegas, So, which, which may be a slight criticism of the of the conditioning team at, at, at the club. So maybe that's uh, the next, the next challenge. Hang on, hang on. I mean, Rob's, <laughs> got, 
I mean, if you're a footballer, you don't need, if you're chiseled, it's actually probably counterproductive, isn't it? Because you do think, need some sort of yeah. muscle plan. bound is the phrase, I think, isn't it? Muscle bound. Yeah, yes. you can't move as much. Nah, mm. nah, lay off the likes of um, who are you having to go at? I'm not having to go at anyone, just yeah. raising a question. That's what okay. we do. We hold the right. club to okay. account, and the fitness standards have been poor. No, they haven't. They've been great. Um, anyway, great. let's. <laughs> let's move in on let's move on to the retained list because that's the other bit of news from today um liam uh what, what were your initial thoughts on the on the headlines um not too many huge surprises on there i think other than perhaps McAlinden, some people were expecting him to move on but from my perspective i think when you've got a guy like that who can play several positions i think for parkinson it's a no-brainer in that we've seen him fill in how many positions now? Left back, right back, centre mid, have we seen him? Or up front? I think we've definitely seen him. Um, so from that perspective, there's not too many surprises. A few extensions by virtue of the fact that it was triggered by promotion. So that was Mark Howard, Paul Mullin and Anthony Ford. Um, yeah, I think most of it we were expecting. So, but all in all, be interesting to see how we squeeze um, any more players into that because I think you, there's pretty tight squad requirements, aren't there, in League Two? Andy, thought do you agree with that? I was, I, I thought the same. McAlinden was the one that that stood out to me um, as a, as a, as a bit of a shock. Not that he's not a great player. Um, yeah, but you know, if you do have a tight squad, then you do need someone who's probably going to be able to cover a couple of positions. And I think McAlinden has played league football before, so you know. It's not without the realms that he can come in and do a good job. I feel sorry for Harry Lennon. I, I thought he was a really good player there. I, I really did. Um, it's sad that he's got to retire. Um, I don't know what you guys think about some of the youth team players who got um, who got released. Uh, Ryan Austin, local lad, he's been un, un, unlucky with injuries. I mean, you you do need you do need these homegrown players if you want to get seven on the bench. So I was maybe a little surprised they didn't keep them on for for. For a little longer, but you know they they might hope they've got some good people coming through, and that's where that's where those spaces will go to. Yeah, it's been an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think that there's talk of the reserve team reserve team sort of turning into kind of an under twenty one side. Is it next season by all accounts? So yeah, there's a few. Um, a few yeah, Ryan Austin, I kind of maybe expected him to stay, maybe loaned out, but I think we will see that. Maybe the, the likes of Max and Jake Bickerstaff and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think I mean I, I don't know huge amounts of like you know Louis Lloyd, Dan Jones, and, and Will Mountfield and so on that have been let go. But look, good luck to all of them, all those players that that have served the club, whether it's been at a, a first team level or otherwise. Good luck to all of them. I'm sure that they'll get fixed up easy enough at other clubs. Um, it's not it's not the end of the line. We saw that with with Doug Tham. You know, he left and ended up playing for teams back in the league. So, you know, I, I expect them to go on and, and do pretty well. But yeah, happy for the the lads that have um that have been well, I think was it Owen, Owen Cushion that's been given a, his first professional yeah. contract. So good thing for him, I think, because it's Scott Butler. Is Aaron Aaron James? I think was um, extending the contracts for them as well. So there is still, it's not quite the conveyor belt that we had of young local talent under sort of the Brian Flynn era. Um, but 
again, it takes time to to build that back back, back up, and that will come good. Um, of, of that, I've no doubt. But at the moment, we're in this position where we got a we got a really good, solid, strong squad where a lot of people are hard to displace. And Luke Young has found that as a as a obvious example of a senior player. So, yeah, not not many surprises, and it'll be interesting to see who we bring in. Yeah. Um, lads, can I just do my contractual um, a- agreement? Uh, I've got to talk about this 84-page supplement that uh, we've been produced, the likes of Liam's written for it, Tim's written for it. For it. it tells a story of not only the promotion season, but how Ryan and Rob got us there in the first place. It's available uh, to buy uh, online. I'll leave the link in here. Um, and, you know, Phil Parkinson Q&A from, from fans' questions, really good. There's some good content in there. Go buy it, please. Keep me in a job. Hashtag content. We're all here for good content. Well done, Andy. I'm sure it's a fantastic bit of work, Andy, Tim and Liam, of course. Um, but that's it, I think, for another episode of Fearless and Devotion. Thank you How very much. How do we top this? How do we top this? Where do we well, go now? It's downhill from here. We've had... Saunders, Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders. We have Liam's thumb. Liam's thumbcast. Draw a little smiley face and two eyes on your thumb and just put it really up there and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to that like it's... Like it's Brian Flynn. It was like a Leslie. It was like a Leslie Grantham webcam moment. Google that stuff if you don't know what we're talking about. All right. Um. Right. Can I just say thanks, everyone, and but especially Ryan and Rob for being so so great with their time. They didn't have to do this. They don't have to come on a fans podcast and give us half an hour and you know and talk and talk Rex and they're both busy men, but they did, and we thank them so much for doing it. Well said, yeah. Well said. Thanks all. And thank you guys for listening. See you next week.